Check, check. There we're on. All right, I'm going to invite you to stand and let's sing together. Enjoy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Enjoy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy in the house of the L
We got Mr. Connor back there training it up tonight, so uh, we appreciate him being willing to to learn our our sound system and appreciate and we appreciate Aaron being willing to to do the teaching of. Uh, it's good to see you tonight. Appreciate you being here. Tonight is our final Monday night revival service. We've had a great month uh, with the different pastors that have been with us and preached, and uh, we are excited that tonight again. We have uh, an outstanding pastor, preacher, that uh, will be closing us out, and I'll be introducing him in just a little bit. But I'm so glad that you are here tonight, and I know that many of you uh, have been able to be here every single Monday night, and and that's a great feat in uh, today's society when we are so busy and there's so much to do. So thank you uh, for your effort in being here each week. And those of you that maybe tonight's the first night you've been able to join us, we're glad you're here. And we thank you for coming and worshiping with us tonight. Uh, we're going to take just a moment to pray together. And we were asked, if we would, to please have special prayer for Rayanne Udi. She was taken to the hospital this afternoon, and they're trying to figure out what's going on with her. Uh, that's uh, Brother Dole's granddaughter, and so uh, he specifically asked for that tonight, and uh, I want us to honor that request. But let's take just a moment to pray together as we uh, begin our time of worship. Our Father and our God, you are the creator of all things. You are the giver of life. You are the lover of our souls. You are good and kind. You are wise, you are just, you are righteous, you're merciful and you're gracious. And tonight it is our honor, Lord, to be able to come into a house of worship to sing your praises. And tonight, Lord, we do that with a heart that is open for whatever it is that you have intended for us tonight. We know, Lord, that we're not here by accident, but every one of us in this room right now is here by divine appointment. And we thank you for this honor and privilege. Lord, we know that there's others who would love to be here tonight, but because of illnesses, diseases, different issues that are going on in their life, Lord, they just can't be here tonight. And we pray for them. And we ask you, Lord, to be with them even now, that they would know that they are loved and that they are missed. We whisper that special prayer even now for Miss Rayanne, Lord. We, we just pray that you would be with her at the hospital, give the doctors wisdom 
and understanding. Be with those of her family that are making their way there and are with her now. Now, Lord, we give you our time that we have here because we know that unless the Holy Spirit comes, unless the Holy Spirit speaks, and unless you, Lord, show us your, your glory that we've, we have gathered in vain. And so, Lord, tonight we are seeking you. We are, we are coming into your presence, Lord, with a heart that is open, that we can worship you as we, as we send up our praises, Lord, that you will send down your glory. We love you and we praise you, Lord, and we look forward to what you're going to do tonight in our midst. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please stand. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
to introduce our preacher for this evening. Uh, he'll be coming at the after this uh, next song. Uh, Reverend Quintel Hill is with us tonight. He is the pastor, the founding pastor of Multiply Church in Monroe, North Carolina, and he is currently serving as the president of our North Carolina Baptist State Convention. And I can't tell you, Brother Quintel, how excited I was uh, when you were elected to that position, and um, I think you have done an amazing job since taking that post. And I want to tell you, this man preaches all over the state of North Carolina now that he has that uh, that title, and he's a very he's in high demand and uh, such a, an amazing person. But he has uh, he is the pastor at Multiply, planted that church in 2019, I believe you told me, brother, and uh, they are in Monroe, North Carolina. Uh, my my parents recently visited his church, and uh, the only thing they could tell me is that man can preach. That man can preach. So uh, they were excited to uh, have had the opportunity to hear Brother Quintel preach. And uh, I want to tell you, he has his master's in fishing and his doctorate degree in deer hunting. <laughs> is that right? Did I get it right? Okay, all right. I know uh, he and I kind of follow him on Facebook, and so uh, and every other post is him holding up a bass or a, or a big brim or something like that. He's, and I tell you, I don't know how you have time to go fishing, brother, as much uh, speaking engagements as you have. But tonight we are honored to have Reverend Quintel Hill with us, and uh, we're going to have one more song, and then after that, uh, brother, you just come preach. As God has laid upon your heart, you close it as you see fit, okay? And tonight we are honored again to have Reverend Quintel Hill with us.
Get this. Oh, you can check this. Get that. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Good. <laughs> I was saying, grateful that that we're uh, in the house of God, practicing, make perfect, because He's going to bring it to completion. This good work that He started in our lives, Amen. And we get to sing to the God who's worthy. Some men trust in chariots, some horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God, and we're grateful for. Our Lord, Brother Tommy, thank you for the opportunity to be able to um, open the book tonight. If you got a Bible, which I hope you do, we're going to be in Mark chapter 2 tonight. Mark chapter 2, I was I was thinking about this. I, I looked online and I saw last week Mike Woodson was here. Uh, he was preaching, Pastor Mike from First Baptist Indian Trail. And I heard him talking on the front end. I couldn't, and I don't have time to listen to the whole message again. But, 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 but one of the things I did hear him say that he'd been in ministry at one church for 40 years. I just want to say I may disappoint you tonight because I'm, I'll be 40 this year. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're going to be patient with this new preacher. Okay. <laughs> tonight. Grateful to God to be able to uh, bring the word of God to the people of God for the glory of God. Tonight, I, I want you to do me a favor, if you're able, to stand as we get ready to read the Word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God abides forever. I don't know about you, but and this is not, okay, good, it's working. Uh, the Word of God is going to last forever. Mark chapter 2, Mark wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It says, and when he, he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was 
at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no room, no more room to get, um, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had, when they had made an opening, they let it let the, down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they all were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let's pray. Father, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. God, we believe in the Holy Spirit. God, I need your spirit to speak through me tonight. God, let my words fall to the ground and blow away, but let your word blow over our lives. God, let us go out of here changed. It's not about information, but it's about transformation. So, God, sanctify them in our truth, for thy word is truth. And, God, we're grateful for your word. I pray, God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that they can taste and see today that you're good. God, I pray that your people never give up. Never give up. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing and reading of the word of God. That's my title this morning, this, this morning tonight. Uh, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Does those words ring to, true to your ears? Uh, have you given up? Do you remember Jimmy V? Jimmy Valvano, those were his words. He coined the words, never give up. Never, ever give up. In his battle with cancer, he never gave up. And to this day, there has been scores of, of, of kids that have been blessed by Jimmy V's foundation and money that had been given uh, to that foundation. Jimmy V says, never give up. Now, I don't know Jimmy V's faith. I don't know whether or not he believed in God. But I want to tell you this, if, if Jimmy V didn't believe in God and you believe in God, how would you give up? Why would you give up? In particular, I want to talk about giving up on whatever that is in your life, but in particular in this passage, uh, we never need to give up on people. They're not too far from God. They're, 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 they're not in a state that God arm in too short to save. God can save anybody because Jesus is God. Now, this is a pregnant sentence I want you to get. This is where I'm trying to go with this message because Jesus is God. That's what the text is screaming because he is God, right? God's people can come to him. We must bring people 
that he may go to Jesus and not Buddha. Not, uh, you know, Muhammad, Allah, I mean, Mary Baker, Eddie, whoever it may be, that, that these little G-gods, why, do we, why don't we bring them to presidents, right, for healing? I want to answer with the text tonight. So why do we bring people to Jesus? Number one, this is why. This is the truth I want you to grab. I want you to see a determined faith as a result of Christ. A determined faith. Now walk with me in the text. Right in verse 1, listen to the text. It says, when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together. So that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. I mean, I would love to be in that house church that night. I mean, it was, it was a whole bunch of people want to hear Jesus. He's popular, right? Mixed back here, mixed crowd. Uh, some really wanted to hear him preach. Some were family. Uh, others just wanted him to be the miracle worker, right? The uh, superhero Jesus. And so there, there, were, there, were, there were a mixed crowd here. But either way, there was no room. He was preaching the word. And I want you to see that as he was preaching the word, they brought to him a paralytic carried by four men. Now, I want you to know that, that these four men saw something that wasn't right. This man was a paralytic. Now, so this, this, this was a disease, right, as a result of a disease. <laughs> Billy Graham was right. Uh, it really was a, a, a disease that he had. Uh, Billy Graham says the disease that he had is really sin, right? We all have this disease. <laughs> it's, it's sin. It's a result of sin. Uh, and so uh, I'm not trying to debate whether or not the disease caused him to be paralyzed or, or, or whatever. But the whole point is we know as a result of sin, his brother was paralyzed because sin is in the world. It's broken, right? And so these men, uh, they, they saw him in his state, right? His, his paralyzed state. Sit by and just let somebody sit in a state that, that they need desperate help, right? So what did they do? These four men, this is what happened when, when people are to. It goes in and out. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's try zero. Zero. He's the hero. Uh, but the determined faith, right? I want you to see this determined faith as a result of Christ. So these four men, what did they do? They, they brought this paralytic to Jesus. And when, when, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd, right, they, they, they couldn't get near him because everybody's wanting to hear Jesus, right? So they couldn't, they, they couldn't get near him. And so what did they do? They, they try to find another route, another way. These men were determined. They were determined because they had faith that Jesus could heal this brother. I want to ask you, how determined are you to, to bring somebody to Jesus? I mean, how determined are you or have you given up? I mean, I remember reading George Mueller's autobiography, and he, he prayed for his dad to come to Christ for 50 years. Don't give up. 
These men, like, like they, they, they saw that they couldn't get to Jesus. They just didn't say, oh, well, we can't get to him. We're just going to let them be. No, they were determined. And what did they do? So they removed the roof, right? So uh, I, like, I like what Mark Strauss says. He says in, in this, this, this time, these Palestinian roofs, they were generally flat and made of wooden cross beams covered with thatch and a layer of compact dirt. They were sturdy affairs and were used for work, storage, drying fruit, and sleeping on warm summer nights. An external staircase, this is the staircase that they were able to, to go up, an external staircase or ladder provided access to the roof. These four men, they go up on the roof by this external access, and they began digging. They began digging through the dirt and pulling aside the thatch. I want to ask you a question. What or who is that person in your life that you need to not give up on? That you need to you need to be determined to, to continue to to call out to cry out to a holy God that that hears our prayers the, the the prayers of the saints he he keeps these prayers and these tears and I mean have you given up these men they were digging now imagine this we're having church right remember they were in the house having church when we're in the house having church and and all of a sudden you just start seeing dirt and thatch and stuff start falling down on top of you and then you look up and wonder what in the world is going on these how determined and how desperate these men were to to put this man in jesus's arms Oh, I think there needs to be a revival right in the church. I think there needs to be a revival of of evangelism again man i'm I'm serious like i I don't see it no more now I, i'm listen I'm a big discipleship guy I, I love discipleship but but the reality is is this I do know that when I was a teenager uh we had these things called frontliners in alabama let me let me uh clear it up. Uh, where the country accent come from. I'm from Alabama originally. So so now you can listen to me. So you try like he ain't from here, but he from somewhere. You know, <laughs> no, I'm originally from Alabama. But but I'll tell you guys this that the reality is that we must be people who are determined. And I remember when we were when I was a teenager, we would go we had these things called frontliners. I was lost and didn't know Jesus, but I was in a van with church folks. They would go and I was just going for the food, you know, because we'll eat afterwards. And so, and they, they would go and they would be sharing their faith door to door with people. Called them frontliners. They, I don't hear this or see this anymore. Like, I, I mean, evangelism don't seem to be anything that is, that is, a, is a big deal no more in the church. I mean, I mean, we, we, we get folks saved and then we can disciple some people, right? And so the, the reality is, is that we must be determined to share with people. I totally agree with Adrian Rogers. Agent Rogers says, if, we, if, you, if you're not endeavoring to bring souls to Christ, then you're not right with God. And I totally agree with him. I mean, if we're not endeavoring to bring people to Jesus, something is wrong with our salvation. We, we got we got to have a talk with our relationship with God. Now, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not I'm not Jesus and I'm not trying to say you're not saved. But but the reality is saved folks want to share something about what has happened in their life. And, and, and Spurgeon, he talks about this in his book, Soul Winner, that, that we must be people who are, man, we, we must expect people to get saved. 
Preachers stand up and preach. We, we're preaching the, the red blood of Jesus, the, the gospel that has power to save. We must expect God to, to do a work because his word has the power to save. There must be an expectation. These four men, had, they, were, they, they had an expectation. Now, I'm, I'm not some prosperity guy. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. But they, they had faith in Jesus. You know what faith is, right? Faith is forgetting all that you think and trust all that he says. And these four men, they were determined to bring them to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. He's not just some man, but he's the God man. And see, this text is screaming that Jesus is the son of God that takes away the sins of the world. Andrew Murray said there are two types of Christians. You got soul winners, then you got backsliders. Two types of Christians in the world. You got soul winners or you got backsliders. We have to rekindle this pointing people to Jesus in the church. And I honestly believe if you look to your left, look to your right, and you see empty seats, and the reason why they're empty seats is because we're not doing what God has called us to do, to go and to share. The mission field is wide open. We must go, and we must be determined to share this good news that God has given us. So this is a determined faith. Now listen, so so back to the thatch and the roof. You know, they're digging, right? They're digging. And when they made the opening, they let the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus, and when Jesus saw their faith, now, the text doesn't say his faith. I'm, I mean, it's, strike, it's striking, right? It, it, it doesn't say his faith. He said their faith. I mean, I mean, this is, can I come down while I'm in sin? Hey, listen, it's their faith. Like these men were determined. Have you given up? We must have faith that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can actually think according to to the power that is at work within us, right? The power. We must not give up. These four men did not give up. The text says their faith because they brought that man to Jesus. Don't give up. Never give up. Oh, you're struggling with something in your life. Never give up their faith we need to be people of their faith so Jesus says verse 5 when he saw their faith he said to the paralytic son wait a minute son they were bringing him to Jesus to be physically healed They were paralytic. Jesus can heal. This man had two problems. He had a physical problem. He had a spiritual problem. And Jesus didn't say anything about the physical right there. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. It didn't say you were you, 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 you know, you, you hear right there, you know, like, like he'll get there. But the first thing he talked about, because that's the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah, we do. We give people bread. We give people clothes and people arguing about what the gospel is and all. Listen, the gospel is the red blood of Jesus. He suffered, bled and died and he came to this earth to give you hope. 
That's the good news, right? And Jesus dealt with the spiritual problem. He, he, he says, your sins are forgiven. But they brought him with a physical problem, but Jesus spoke about a spiritual problem. Your sins are forgiven. Can I ask y'all a question tonight? Good. I'm glad you said yes. So, the text says your sins are forgiven. Why do you think Jesus made mention of the sin first? Now, you can talk. I ain't, listen, I'm a chocolate preacher. You can talk back. You know, why do you think Jesus talked about the sin first? They say what? It's more important, right? Because the reality is we got people on TV that are healing people, or say they're healing people physically, and, they, and, and we worship in TV preachers. What is more greater is a miracle salvation. There's angels don't rejoice because people get up and walk. Remember, heaven all heaven rejoices when? When a sinner repents and turns from their faith, there is no miracle outside, greater than salvation. Jesus says your sins are forgiven. And this, and he'll explain this because we, number, number one, we see this is why the people of God, this is why we could come to Christ for healing because he is the one that heals. We see this first point. Number two, we see a dead faith void of Christ. Verse six, go down to the text. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Now, scribes, this would have been church folks, right? So it would be, you know, uh, uh, keepers of the law, know the law. You know, so they were scribes, and they were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. He's saying he was blaspheming because only God can do that. Oh, that's what the text trying to get us to see. Exactly. <laughs> So Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. That's why they're saying he's blaspheming because only God can, they know only God can do that. You see, he says, who can forgive sins but God alone? And, and immediately, and immediately, listen, and immediately perceiving in his spirit that they were questioning themselves, said to them, why do you question these things? Now, Jesus knows all things. He knows why they question, right? <laughs> so he, he does it all the time. He asks us a question. He, he really is making statements, right? He, he's headed somewhere in this conversation. Why do you, why, why, are you, why are you questioning these things in your heart? And he asks the question, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority. See it? It's the whole point. Jesus is God. He has the authority. He has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Listen. Could it be? Folks in the church can miss out on the power of God through Christ because they're not bringing people to Jesus. Could it be that we are so caught up in religion 
we're so caught up in the rat race. We're so caught up in, oh, it shouldn't be done this way. Oh, it should, we should, you know, it shouldn't be. No, you, you can't. Jesus comes to the scene and he wants to tell you that I can do anything. I have authority. You don't. I do. Maybe it is that we've done a whole bunch of things in Jesus' name and it never was in Jesus' name. And the reality is, is this, is that we must be a people who don't give up. We've given up because we've taken our eyes off the one who is able. Now, now listen. A.W. Tozer said this, the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think of God. Because everything else is a domino effect. You got a high view of God, you have a right view of your circumstances, right? Uh, apparently, the, 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 the four men had, had, a, had, a, had a big view of God, right? <laughs> they, were, they were going and they, hey, they can't get this way, we're going to go this way. We're going to go up on the roof, we're going to get this man to Jesus. Your view of God changes everything. And we need to return back to a big God theology. We got to return back to believing our God is so big. I remember my kids used to sing this. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Could you Do you believe it? Why are we questioning whether or not God can save folks from the LGBTQ community? And get in, get in, get get in, get get in, get in their their lives, and point them to the one who can change all things. Hey, you, hey, look at yourself. You 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 are a mess, right? I mean, God pursued you and your mess, right? God is a missionary God, therefore we shall be missionary people. God pursued Adam and Eve in their mess, right? They were naked and ashamed. God was was on mission, pursuing. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be on mission for God. Is that that we want to be a a people who are who are going to people who are going to the mess with this message about this Messiah that can change anybody. Hey, listen, they, they took a guy on the roof and they opened it up and they let it down and he healed him. He healed him physically and he healed him spiritually. Did you catch the text? Hey, just because I stepped down and don't got a Bible, I still, I'm still going out, still talking about the Bible. Did you catch what he said? He said, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Arise, take up your bed, and walk. Did you catch it again? Jesus wants you to know that he, when he speaks, things happen. In the beginning, God said, and it happened. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and light. Hey, in, in the beginning, God said, in the beginning, God said, and it happened. You see, Jesus just wants you to know what is easier to say. Right, take up your bed, go home, right? What? what? Jesus has all authority. And all we have to do is bring people to Jesus. And we let, that's all we, what did they do? Hey, they just had faith in Jesus. They put him down and they said, hey God, you got to do your thing. Right? You do your, you do you. I'll just stand back here and play the background. That's what we do as Christians. Bring them to Jesus and let God do what he does. Let God tell them that their sins are forgiven. Who have you given up on? What in your life that you've given up on? You may be dealing with some sickness in your world. What, whatever it is, whatever the struggle is, you may have been battling something. I just want to let you know, this man was paralyzed. God healed him. God can heal you too. The question is, how big is your God? 
We need to return to having a big God theology. I heard one preacher say, man, my God is so big, he turns around and bumps into himself. Our God is able. He's able. So here it is. We see a, a, a determined faith that, as a result of Christ. We see a dead faith, void of Christ, right? They didn't believe that, that, that he was God in flesh. Number three, and finally, I want you to see a deliberate faith as a result of Christ, a deliberate faith. Look at verse 11. Jesus says, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he, he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. You know why he picked up his bed? Because Jesus speaks and it happens. I just said that. He speaks and it happens. And you see, when, 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 when you got faith in this Jesus, because Jesus didn't open his eyes up, and when Jesus tell him to get up, he going to get up. Right? You want to know how you got faith? I like what Tony Evans said. Tony Evans says, the, 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 reason, the way you know you have faith, your, your feet are moving. Right? What did he do? Jesus says, rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose, and immediately he picked up his bed, and he went home. <laughs> he went out before them all. He went out before them all so that they were all amazed, and they gave glory to God. And they said, we've never seen anything like this. This is supernatural. You know why? Because our God is the extra, extraordinary. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an extraordinary God. He does great things. This deliberate faith that this man had was a result of Christ's word, his healing. And I just want to say, when Christ has touched you, if Christ has touched you, then you are also moving. You are also rising, and you are also obeying his voice. You don't want to know why you obey? You want to know why God has touched you? God just didn't touch you for you. God just didn't save you from something, right? Like he saved this, this paralytic. He saved him from being paralyzed, and he saved him, you know, physically and, and spiritually. But God just didn't save him from something, but, but he saved him for something. You know what he saved them for? What did the text say? It says, says, so that they all were amazed and gave glory to God. That is why you get healing in this life spiritually. This is why you get healing physically. It's because you, God to get glory. No other reason. No other reason. But to glorify Christ. I wanted to end this message tonight. I wanted to end this message just really quick. I am like sweating like crazy up here. Man, uh, let me see. Uh, anybody got like some tissues? Okay, there goes some right there. There's a towel right there. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Thank y'all for being patient with mics and me and loud and spitting and screaming and just wanted to end this message and ask you a question. Have you given up? Don't give up. I wanted to just share something real quick. 
I told you I grew up in Alabama. I was born in Chicago, Illinois. I was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. So my, my dad abused my mom, was very abusive, a uh, heroin addict in Chicago. All my family, um, the majority of my family lives in Chicago to this day. And what you hear is very true. Uh, we, can go, we can have some coffee later in the week and talk about Chicago. It's, it's tough. But I'll just, just tell you this. My dad was very abusive, and he, he, uh, my mom left him. And so I had to leave him, or, or, or she, she wouldn't be here. You know, she, she, would, uh, she wouldn't have lived and raised us. Us, I got two older brothers, and uh, my mom moved from Chicago to Alabama. My granddad stayed in Alabama, and and he and and uh, just so that's how I ended up in Alabama. And I I grew up so I had a learning disability. I couldn't read, couldn't write. I was premature when I was born. I struggled, and so uh, I grew up in rough in a rough situation. Uh, my brothers was into the cartel, the drug cartel, and my mom, you know, she she did her little thing too. She, she you know, she used a little drugs in 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 in, a, in the midst of everything and drinking and all this stuff. My mom remarried, and uh, man, just 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 a tough environment, right? And so um, basketball, I played ball with my life. Ball was life. It kept me from a lot of those things, and so uh, I, you know, that's all I want to do is play ball. That's, that's it. I just wanted to play basketball. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm not playing against um, LeBron and Michael Jordan. All them guys got made a preacher out of me, and, and we'll get there. That's my excuse. But now I have a basketball. But but uh, just wanted to say this. I, I just want to say, never give up. Don't ever forget what I'm trying to talk about. Never give up. And so my my um my upbringing was just just chaos and and my mom took me to church and i mean i just thought church was just you know dressing cool and and getting the holy ghost that's, that's just what i you know that's what i thought it was about you know and so i just wanted to make my mama happy and she wanted me in church and and so i just was going just to make her smile i guess i got invited to play basketball at this church uh you know just they had like a gym they had built this gym to, and they actually had a floor carpet floor in the gym i mean which was crazy it was like a carpet floor and I walked into that ch- church, and I met the coach. I just went there to play ball. And uh, the coach was actually the youth pastor. I don't know if they was, like, trying to do the bait and switch on the brother, but I, I don't know what they were doing. But they, they invited me there, and they said, hey, um, thank you for being here, but you can't just come to play basketball. You at least got to come at least one day a week. And so I'm like, well, why I need to come here? I already, I already got a church, so it really made sense to me. I just came for the ball. And so – but I really wanted to play. And so I went and talked to my mom. I was like, listen, they say I need to come at least one day a week. I guess I can go on a Wednesday or I don't know. And so I, I just went to that church, and uh, it was River Road. Well, Faith Baptist Church at the time, they changed the name to River Road Baptist Church. And I want to tell you this. River Road Baptist Church uh, looked just like this church. I mean, like the complexion of the folks I see in this room. Seriously, I was a diversity. I brought, I mean, I'm, I'm known for like, you know, making history with that, I guess, these days. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying this to say that, that those people, man, they loved on me. And it wasn't because I was like a black kid. I mean, like they just loved. I mean, John 13, 34 and 35 says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. By this, all people will know. That's the solution to the world's problems is this love for one another. Like, like this is how the world is going to know that I know him. We know him from, from our love for one another. I don't know what it was about these people, but they just loved me. 
I mean, they used to take me to Sonic after church. I'm like, man, I like this. This is church. This is good stuff. Play basketball. They used to give us free Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm like, manna from heaven. This is the church that I want to be a part of. You know, and so they, they love me. I was 15 years old. I, went, I started going there when I was in the seventh grade. I was 15 years old. It was a, it was a youth service. I was very sporadic. I would quit going, and they'll come back, and, and they'll, you know, they'll call me, and pastoral, old school, pastoral visitation, pastor came to my house one day, and, and, and uh, we didn't know the pastor was there. So my brother was like, oh, hey, man, we got to put all, we got to, you know, put the, put, the, put the blunt out, you know, put the drugs up, you know, to put everything up. But, I mean, the pastor's here, and he just came to pray for my family, and, but they never gave up. It was a youth service. If you're a teenager in the room, listen to me. It was a youth service that they had at night. And teenagers were sharing their testimony whether or not, whether they died, whether they'll go to heaven or not. And they were just standing, I know I'll go to heaven. And man, God began to do a work in that room, in my heart. I knew if I died, I knew I was going to go to hell. And a guy stood down front at the end and said, hey, 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 um, you know, is there anybody need to get their life right with Christ? And so I had my my other friend with me. You know, he was he was a, he was my black friend across the street. You know, like I had to have him with me just in case something went wrong. You know, like 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 I need help. You know, so no, he he said, and I I, I turned to him and he said, I said, man, look, we need to go down. He said, man, I, you need to go down. I don't need to go down. I'm good. You know, so so I, I couldn't shake it. I, I couldn't shake. I don't know what was going on. Like, like you said, he didn't get right with Jesus. And so, so I just followed the, the, the man's voice and, and, and came down. And, and I was just like weeping, snot running out of my nose. On, and like, I'm like, I don't know what need, I need. I need what you're talking about. And so I just prayed right there on, on, the, on the altar. And, 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 and I just didn't know what happened. I got in the van and I snot was still coming out my nose. Te- tears were just still flowing down. And I was in the church van going all the way home and just crying all the way home. Don't know why I'm crying. I think I met a church, one of the church members said he was crazy. I think I came, came yeah, he said he was crazy. I, me too, that night I was crazy, you know. And so I, I, I came in and, and went downstairs into the basement. I said, Mom, Mom, I, I got saved tonight. And she says, huh? I thought you were already baptized. And so she didn't understand it. And neither did I. Man, that night I had a gospel heart attack. I don't know. Man, the Bible says for those in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have gone. New things have come. And I was going to tell you, it was, a, it was a, just a radical change. I don't know what happened to me. I still hadn't got over it. I still hadn't got over it. I just wanted to be around the people of God. Man, it was chaos, man. People was used to shoot in my house. It was just crazy stuff. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens one, iron so one man another. I just wanted to be around God's people. It was so crazy, so radical. My mom thought that there was some crazy stuff going on in the church and thought it was a cult. So she had to come and check it out to see what was going on. And she realized these people really do love my baby. My mom and dad used to get, stepdad used to get to arguing with each other and, 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 and I would go stay over my youth pastor's house. She would give permission. My mom didn't let me do this stuff. She would give me permission to go stay with my youth pastor. I'll never forget I was a sophomore in high school. I was at an FCA service. Ball was life, but something was changing in my life. I mean, I was like captain on the basketball team. 
was trying to get college scholarships and and one night, this guy said this to me. Uh, the guy stood up, and he said it to me. He was talking to everybody, but he was talking to me. You ever been there? This guy said, somebody in this room, God is calling out, and he's telling you to surrender everything. Now, I knew I knew Jesus, but he's saying God wants you to do, he want to call out the called. And I'm like, this language that I now know, I don't think I heard what that meant then, but he was calling out the call that night. And that night, I, I just cried out to God. I said, God, I don't know what you're saying and what you want me to do with my life. You know, I, I, I don't know. All I can tell you is I went to school to play basketball. I'd never read a book. The only book I read, it, it was Green Eggs and Ham, and it wasn't in school. Seriously, I struggled. I, I had a learning disability. I, I just didn't, I, I didn't do it. But that night, that guy said something about ministry. I didn't know what that meant. So I went to my pastor and, and, and was like, it's something else that I should be doing. And he says, have you ever considered ministry? He saw something in my life that I didn't see. And when he began to talk like that, I began to get peace. And John Stott said, a call to ministry is a call to study. And so I tried to figure it out. I took the ACT, and I don't even want to tell you what I made. But, but God has just wants you to put your yes on the table put my yes on the table and my pastor knew the president of the University of Mobile in Mobile, Alabama. It's an SBC school. That pastor, that, that president came up to preach at our church and he took me to the bright star. Never forget it. It's in Bessemer, Alabama. I've never been there before. Probably won't go again. You know, just one time. <laughs> he took me there and he says, hey, I've heard your story and I want to let you know I want you to come to my school. I want to pay for your tuition. And I'm like, there is a God. Oh, man, there's a God out there. <laughs> Just to speed the story up. So I graduated high school, and I started. I actually went to a Bible college one semester, and then I, I went to the University of Mobile. And at the University of Mobile, I was learning, learning how to write. I was learning how to read. I was learning how to, the learning center was my, it was my, you may as well have just been my dorm room. And eventually, God, you know, helped me become get on the dean's list uh, at the college. And I don't say this to, to give glory to me. But I tell you this, I, I ended up graduating from the University of Mobile. I was the only person in my family to graduate college. And I'll never forget my mom standing there or sitting there, and I heard her in the midst of everybody screaming. Because it was not just a scream that my baby graduated, but she know the good work that God began in his life. And right before I graduated, I had a, one of my professors says, hey, I think you need, I don't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing. I'm telling you, I, I didn't really know any of this Christian stuff. I just, I mean, I was in some of those classes and they would say something about Martin Luther. I'm like, finally, somebody I know. Martin Luther King Jr., man. Yeah, finally. You know, I mean, that's just where I was. But, but my professor at the end, he says, listen, I think God, I mean, I think God wants you to continue your education. I'm like, man, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. I mean, this is all I need, right? He says, no, you, you need to go to seminary. Cemetery, what I heard, you know, extending education. And so my wife is from Charlotte, and, you know, we end up getting married and then going off to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So I end up in North Carolina. And so I was in school and just, just a journey, man, just a journey. The Lord helped me graduate from there and, and I stand here today, you know, grateful that, that God has journeyed me there. 
And now I'm midway through my Ph.D., not because of me, but because the God that began the good work in me. I want to tell you something. Those people at Faith Baptist Church, River Road Baptist Church, name now, they didn't give up. They loved. They pleaded. They didn't stop. And I want to tell you something tonight. God don't want you to give up. You know, my mom, I told you about, she's with Jesus. She died of congestive heart failure at 60 years old. But I want to tell you this. I pray to God that I can die like my mama, knowing Jesus. She died with nothing but peace. My mom came to Jesus. My dad, stepdad, died of a brain aneurysm when I was 16 years old. Man, I would share the gospel with them, and they would make fun of me, say, you just going to church to eat. And they were halfway right, you know, but, but, but they would used to just make fun of me. And I read this little book that my dad, my stepdad used to write in. And he says this, if, God, if the God that Quintel is telling me about is true, this is after he died. I thought he was in hell. But the man prayed to receive Christ in a break room in his office. My mom came to Jesus. My stepdad came to Jesus. And my brothers that were in the drug cartel, they came to Jesus. In 2005, I was preaching my dad's funeral. Well, actually, I was preaching my mom's funeral. This was years, no, it was 2012. My dad died in 2005. My biological father. I was preaching her funeral. And I got done. We were in Chicago. I got in a van, and we were going to eat some fried chicken. I guess the stereotype is true. We were going to get us some fried chicken at the funeral, you know, after the funeral. And so we were in the van. It was a pastor that did the funeral with me. I didn't even know him. Some of my family members went to his church. Even that's a miracle. And so we're on the way to, to my cousin's home. And the pastor, he leans over and he says, Hey, did you know your dad went to my church? Do you know I led your dad to Jesus? And all that time, I used to go back to Chicago and share the good news that has power to save. All the way to the end of his life. All the way to the end of my mom's life. And my stepdad's life. I want to tell you, it began by some folks like you that came in my life that loved on me with the gospel. You don't have to be black to reach black people. I don't have to be white to reach white people. As a matter of fact, I'm traveling from, 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 from Murphy to Manio and all the way in the middle talking about the same story, about the same God that can change anybody. Who have you given up on? I pray to God that you don't give up. Because if you give up, you're giving up on me. You're giving up on my family. And one day, I can look to Chuck and Debbie Herleman, white-haired, old, white people. Let me just call it how it is. And I remember 
Chuck heard that I was walking to church. And he pulled over in his Mustang. Dude had all kinds of Ford Mustangs and cars, and he was rich. He pulled over, and he led him to me. He said, don't you ever, don't you ever walk to church again. I will pick you up every time. And Chuck's flowers are going to be better than mine in heaven because he picked me up. Although I'm out here proclaiming the good news of Christ, but it was the Chuck that's in this church that made the difference. Don't give up. You keep playing, praying. You keep pleading. You keep calling out to a God that's able. And I just want my story to resonate with you so that he can get glory in your life, in this community, and in this country, and all the way on the other side of the cosmos, the world. The world need to know that he's the son of God that takes away the sins of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that we should never give up. I thank you that Jesus Christ is able, that he's God, and we can bring people to him so that they can be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I just pray that you use this invitation time to maybe we need to put some people on the altar and pray, and maybe you need to get right with Jesus tonight. Whatever it is in your life, just want you to make decision. Don't walk out of this room without talking to Brother Tommy and getting it right with Jesus. God, we love you and we thank you for the power of the gospel. For beginning a good work in us. And you will bring it to completion. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? You stood before creation. Eternity.
what I was thinking as you were preaching, Brother Quintel. Every born-again believer was the man on the cot at some point. Somebody, for every person who's saved by grace, someone cared enough about you. It might have been a Sunday school teacher, a parent, a grandparent, a preacher, a youth pastor, uh, just a good friend. Someone cared enough about you to bring you to Jesus. And he did it, he took it from there. Now it's our turn to be one of those with the cot that's carrying it. We've been on the cot. Now it's our turn to carry it. God bless you. Man, what a strong word. God bless you, man. I appreciate that. That's a that's a that's a good way to end a month of revival, I think. Uh, again, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Uh, Brother Quintil, I'm going to go back here to the back to greet everybody as they're leaving. I want to invite you to join me back there, and uh, I hope you'll take the opportunity to come by and speak with him. And uh, Thank you again for being a part of all that uh, we've done this month. And Nancy, thank you for taking care of the music. Thank our musicians and uh, all of our, our praise team members for the hard work they put in to provide music. Oh, yeah, the tech people, yeah. yeah they they kind of the unsung heroes back there. Thank you, guys. You guys always do a great job. Well, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer, and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, this coming Sunday morning. Uh, come with your hearts prepared. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, again, thank you for allowing us to have the privilege and the honor to be here tonight. And, Lord, we know that uh, you brought us here knowing that this would be the word that you would bring to us through your messenger. And, Lord, we thank you for how our hearts have have been impacted by your spirit and by your presence. And, Lord, we don't want to leave here like we came in. We, we want to be changed by your word. So I pray, Father, that you'll continue to let your word burn in our hearts in the hours and in the days to come. Thank you for your servant, Pastor Quintel. I just pray your blessings over him pray your blessings over his church, his family. Just pray, God, that you'll continue to use him in a mighty way. We just ask you now to dismiss us with your great love. Keep each one safe as they travel home and just bring us back at the next appointed hours. Our prayer in Jesus' name, amen.